Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Prasad Galapoli, who is founder and CEO of Trucker Tools. And today we're going to talk about smarter approaches to freight matching. Now, there's a lot of discussion today in the industry about, you know, there being a, a, a capacity shortage in trucking. You know, finding trucks for available loads is more challenging than ever for, you know, shippers and brokers. But the reality is that there's a lot of inefficiency in the traditional load matching uh, process. So what are some of the challenges in the way load matching takes place today? How are advancements in technology, you know, making the freight matching process more efficient and, and, and taking a smarter approach, if you will? And, you know, what are some of the benefits that companies are, are achieving with this uh, newer process? Uh, those are just going to be some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's well, great to welcome Prasad. Uh, to the program to share some of his insights and perspective on this topic. So Prasad, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Adrian, uh, for having me here. And uh, you know, it's, it's an honor to, to share um, our thoughts um, at Trucker, from Trucker Tools viewpoint uh, to the rest of the, the industry. Great, great. So before we dive into the, the, the meat of the, uh, of the topic here, and there's a lot to talk about, you know, uh, I, I, you're a first time guest on Talking Logistics and like I always do when I bring someone new in, I'm always curious how they got involved with this industry to begin with. So why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, you know, how and why you got involved with, with this industry and what your role and responsibilities are there at Trucker Tools. Um, so I got, I got in um, transportation or uh, supply chain management in uh, early 2000s, probably with uh, shipping and then in uh, trucking space. Um, in freight matching, primarily, uh, it's with companies like um, uh, Get Loaded, DAT, and after that, I've uh, started Trucker Tools. And um, so, during my time in with these companies, I've had the opportunity to really understand some of the, the problems that you have mentioned um, in freight matching, and that led me to to find in, in another way to. To really pursue a you know building a new mouse trap, uh, and here we are with uh, with Trucketools many years after um, we we strongly believe that we have that mouse trap. Great, great, yeah. So I mean, you've been in it since the, the early two thousands. Certainly, there's been a lot of ups and downs in the transportation industry, the trucking industry over that that you know time period. And you know, here we are. We find ourselves in in yet another snapshot in time where you know, like I said in my opening you know, comments. I mean, it's a, it's a capacity constrained market right now. And, and the ability to match freight, you know, with available uh, uh, capacity is, is more challenging than ever. I mean, why is that? Why, why are brokers and, you know, shippers having a hard time with uh, finding capacity? Um, the, the first thing, I mean, before we understand the, the underlying problem, we need to peel out some of the layers of, to understand what's the existing process look like. Um, if you look at the traditional brokerage today, they are making calls, in most cases about 30 to 60 calls to cover a load, um, to their um, scrambling this information from multiple sources such as load boards, emails, spreadsheets, phone calls. Um, so, and what they're doing is they're handling a lot of stale information. So for example, you're a broker, you're calling a carrier. You probably saw this carrier on a load board. The carrier posted their availability probably a day earlier or a few hours earlier. Now, you, by the time you call the carrier, the carrier is not available there. And that, you know, we could take that as, as, as one 
uh, specific example. But the underlying problem behind that is a lot of stale historical information, not real-time accurate information. Now, the second problem is, is even more profound than the first. So the second problem, when you look at our operage, the biggest thing that everybody is talking about is we need more carriers. We need more carriers. So if you ask any broker, they have thousands of carriers that are qualified in their system. And over 90% of those carriers are one load wonders. So what I mean by one load wonder is a carrier picks up a load for a broker, delivers the load, and once they deliver the load, they fall off of the radar of the broker. So the broker has no idea when this carrier is available in future for any of his loads. So you put a lot of time and energy in qualifying these carriers, and you could only get one load out of that. And if you look at 90% of these carriers being one load wonders, that's a huge expense. And um, you know, a, a good example I can, or a parallel that I can drive out is, if you're bleeding on one hand, you're hemorrhaging blood, and all you're doing is putting more blood in your body to fight that. Um, that's, we all know that's, that's not an efficient solution. So uh, these two um, problems together uh, drive most of the inefficiencies in a broker. Uh, in a, in a brokerage world today. Um, the, the third one is, um, which is kind of tied to the first one, is 80% of freight today is moved by small carriers. Small carriers, especially 20 trucks or less. And these carriers are less adopted to new technology or any technology for that matter. And hence, they actually drive a lot of um, lack of information or stale information which is driving the cost of a brokerage and you know as we know most of the brokerages have uh, over uh, 150 dollars as, as a transaction cost you know those those are all great points i mean i, I know when i've been talking to brokers um you, you know they, they kind of relay similar similar information uh i mean I, I love that phrase you know one load wonders uh, uh but that that's something that i've heard a, a lot as well you know you know, they, they broker a load to a carrier, um, but, you know, they don't have another load for that carrier at the destination point, or they don't know what that carrier is going to do, what their availability is after that. Uh, so historically, you know, there's just a lot of uh, a poor visibility there. Uh, and then to your point, you know, some of the visibility that they have is actually outdated information, right? By the time they go around to making that phone call or sending that text or email, you know, that carrier is already booked or, or um, you know, no longer is looking for, for a load. Uh, so, so I think that really, you know, speaks to some of the, some of the inefficiencies that uh, and some of the challenges. So I, I think what you end up seeing is sometimes you go into these brokerages and you see, you know, tables full of people, you know, manning phone calls and with two monitors and they're sending emails and they're texting and they phone call. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty impressive sight to see, but to your point, sometimes you, you kind of have to scratch your head and say, you know, there's got to be a, it's got to be a more efficient way uh, than this than just throwing more bodies and making more phone calls, you know, at it. Because I think, uh, you know, ultimately that's going to be a, a costly proposition, particularly when you're, you know, when you're working on margin. Uh, so that, that cost can really uh, come back to bite you. Um, you know, so you mentioned, um, you know, load boards. I mean, obviously over the years we've seen technology, you know, start to play a role here in, in, with freight matching. Again, load boards. You know, I think more recently you've seen some of these, you know, Uber for freight 
you know, startups that are looking to, to disrupt, uh, you know, the industry. I mean, how are these technologies helping? You know, what, what, how are, where are they falling short? I mean, what are some of the limitations to these, you know, technologies that have come about, you know, over the years? You're right. I, there's a huge influx of um, new, new ideas, new um, technology companies, primarily with the idea of disrupting the space. Um, so for any um, industry or, or for any player to disrupt a particular industry, two things we need. One, um, we need a group of people um, with new ideas, thinking outside the box. In most cases, trying to improve the existing processes or business um, values. The second thing is we also need technology that's easy to adopt um, and which enhances the value. So um, these two combination will drive something uh, in, uh, in this direction. And um, so most of the companies, um, let's you know, we call them as Uber-like, um, Uber branding, such a big popular thing nowadays. Um, what they're trying to do is get in the space and more importantly, try to disengage brokers. Now, um, if you peel that layer to look at, you know, can the brokers be disengaged easily? Um, from, a soft, from outside, it looks like brokers can be disengaged. But if you look at closely, Brokers have very high business acumen. They have strong relationships with shippers. They have strong relationships with the carriers. And they add a lot of value in vetting out these carriers in the process to make sure a particular load is delivered on time. So when we are ordering something online, um, we expect it to be delivered in two days. There's a lot that goes behind scenes for that package to arrive at our doorsteps. And, um, and oftentimes it is these brokers that bring that value. So um, um, it, it's, it's not very easy to, to disengage them. And in, in, more, in my opinion and in our opinion at Truckatools is that disengaging brokers is more harmful than any value that we add to the supply chain in current conditions. Um, a better approach will be get, you know, taking the best of all worlds. And one, one thing we should look at is, instead of disengaging brokers, what can we do to enable them to improve their efficiency? What else can we do to rely on their existing um, relationships and uh, business acumen that they bring to the table? Um, obviously, the, the, the simple things are um, improve how, um, eliminate all the, the data issues or stale data in the in the market um, we can convert the one load wonders into repeat business for the brokers and hence reduce the cost of operations and um, more importantly it requires a platform where there is a healthy adoption from not only just the brokers but the segment of carriers especially that 80 percent of uh, um, uh, freight that's being moved by these small carriers, 20 trucks or less, a healthy adoption of that community. Now, um, since transportation has always been a relationship-based industry, meaning um, shippers would not give freight to everyone that comes along their way. They would only give it their freight to someone that they believe in. And um, so this platform that we, that we are thinking about, 
should really embrace and protect those relationships. And you could only do it in a very confidential, private, secure network. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Actually, today on Talking Logistics, I, I uh, published a post titled Disrupting Logistics Ain't Easy, right? Because you've seen, uh, you know, so many folks trying to disrupt the industry and disintermediate, you know, folks. And, and the reality is, you know, just to echo some of the points you brought up is that, you know, in order to really do that, I mean, you, you really have to take into account the, the, the fact that there's existing relationships that are there that uh, are not easy to, you know, displace with just the, you know, technology. Uh, yeah, brokers do uh, provide a lot of value uh, beyond just you know securing that load in terms of finding the the, the, the uh, you know making sure that the carriers are are approved uh, and making sure that the, uh, the the quality is there in terms of you know, meeting those on time commitments and you know you mentioned partial shipments you know getting there on two days obviously on the B two B side you've got things like on time in full that that are putting more pressure on on shippers and, and consignees to make sure that you know, that quality is there as well. And, and that's, that's a big, you know, where the, you know, retailers, uh, I mean, where the brokers, you know, play a role in that as well. So, um, so, so let, let's talk now about, um, uh, you know, I think you started talking a little bit about, about this already. I mean, even more recently, we, we've seen, you know, a lot of interest and demand for real-time freight visibility, you know, solutions, you know, that are enabled by, you know, smartphones and uh, mobile apps and, and other, you know, GPS enabled, uh, you know, devices. And a lot of these solutions have been used currently to kind of track the status of a shipment and load, uh, you know, from the point of pickup all the way to final delivery, be able to predict estimated times of arrivals and communicate that and so forth. Uh, but can these solutions be used, you know, to enable freight matching? Uh, you know, how, how would that work? Um, what you said is absolutely right. Visibility has taken the front seat in the last few years. Everybody talks about visibility. Um, it, so in my conversations with people, what I have noticed is visibility is actually used in a very broad scope, both in terms of visibility, like you mentioned, from point A to point B. From the time the load has been picked up to the point the load has been delivered, having the real-time visibility of the freight. And people also use the visibility in the context of visibility of when the trucks are available. Now, these two are two distinct things. I'm glad that you're, you're connecting these two into, you know, um, uh, you're connecting the dots here. So the, for, let's look at the first part. Um, like you said, there are different solutions. Um, some of them use the GPS on the cell phone or the smartphone. Um, some of them do the cell phone triangulation and everything in between. And um, most of the solutions are thriving to get to real time. Um, most of them are still lacking. So when I say real time, giving an update of where the freight is every five minutes to where the freight was four hours ago. Um, again, one drives us back into the, the stale information era. The other one drives into accurate information. So we do need that accurate information more than that stale information. Now, the second part is just because you know where the truck is now doesn't necessarily lead into where the truck is available next. So the second part is even more critical for us to reduce the cost of transportation. To, in order to reach to the second part, what you would need is a platform where you not only know where the truck is now, but in confidence you can say this truck is going to be available in future. So you need a mobile 
um, a dynamic mobile platform where you can constantly check when these trucks are available in the future. Um, so this is when uh, I'm, I'm going to just segue back into what we have done at um, Truckatool. So we built the whole Truckatool's platform with the app being at the middle. So the original app, it's all driver focused and it focuses on everything the driver needs on the road, whether it's real-time fuel prices, the service centers, truck washers, anything they need. And hence built a community that's primarily small carriers and owner operators. So in order to, in addition to providing these services, we also look at um, the GPS on the smartphone and use it to track the freight from point A to point B. That kind of helps us generate that real-time um, location of where the truck is. Uh, we took that um, to the next level with our smart capacity. So smart capacity is, is bringing all these components together in order to look, not only look at where the truck is, but look into the future to see where the truck is available. And that is, is taking the, the, the transformation of the freight magic now. So what it does is it basically looks at where these trucks are going to be available in future. And based on their lane preference and everything, generate a, a complex system where um, a complex system that can that's basically um, um, simple to use for, for the brokers to move their freight. So it sounds like you know I guess to paraphrase a little bit, you know I think where, where these solutions are kind of the next evolution of this is now you know moving beyond just visibility of you know where's the truck, where's the freight from origin to to destination. Now it's really evolving toward more from a capacity focused standpoint in terms of having forward looking capacity, you know, visibility to forward looking capacity, know where capacity is going to be in two days time, three days time, you know, to be able to do that freight matching, you know, much sooner and more efficiently than, than, than has happened in the past. And certainly I think, you know, to your, you know, to your point in your experience, you know, things like, you know, GPS enabled devices and mobile apps have, have, are kind of some of the, the, the technology have made this possible, but, but what are some of the other, you know, critical building blocks, you know, to make this work? Um, the, the other critical ones are uh, primarily the critical mass of carriers. So you could build uh, the best mousetrap, but if it's, it doesn't have the critical mass, um, people won't use it. Um, especially in this case, um, anytime you're talking about a marketplace, having the critical mass is important. Um, the very first question anyone will ever ask you is, how many carriers do you have on your platform? <laughs> um, so um, that, that's the, the critical mass. And more importantly, when we talk about critical mass, um, critical mass in the right segment is very important. You want that um, um, the majority uh, of the carriers that move the, the loads uh, the, the small carriers to owner operator segment to be on this platform. So that's one of the things. The second thing is a platform should have um, all the confidentialities in place, privacies. Um, why is this important is it is a relationship platform and everybody wants to protect their information. If you put a public a marketplace, um, we already have public marketplace such as loadboards, and we have seen what it what happens with those. Everybody is gun shy to put their information out, or you know, they are not free to conduct a business. 
it's almost like you want these private meeting rooms. Um, then the third and more important thing is ease of use. Ease of use where a broker or a carrier could easily adapt to the platform and apply their business rules where they don't have to tweak their own existing business. So you want to be able to build a platform that takes into consideration that each and every broker is different, each and every shipper is different, carrier is different. They, will, they would like to do their business slightly different, but yet they can bring those customizations of their business processes into one, one platform with ease. You know, that, that last point, you know, the, well, the point about confidentiality, that's something that, that I've, I've heard a lot from, you know, from, from the brokers, right? Because they, you know, they, they were, as, as we've talked about, right, they work hard to develop those carrier relationships and to get that capacity and, and everything else. And, and they don't want a competitor or you know, another broker to, you know, so there's a lot of considerations there in terms of, you know, making sure you've got the right uh, uh, security and the light, right visibility of who can see what and all that and be able to have that infrastructure in place. And I think the second point kind of related to that, I think that's, that's important that you mentioned is, you know, the, the fact to have business rules in place in terms of, uh, you, you know, depending on the specifics of each carrier or each, you know, broker, you know, they're going to want to enable different levels of visibility or d different, you know, constraints and things like that. And being able to let people on the community be able to define those, I, I think is important. I think obviously, I think there's, there's got to be, from the matching standpoint, I would assume there's got to be some level of, I want to call it machine learning or artificial intelligence as well, right? With kind of freight, freight, the, the matching component to it, as well as the predictive component to it. You're absolutely right. And um, so when we talk about a matching algorithm, um, all, well, all these things are very, very critical. The crux of matching is, again, how do you make the matching easy? So let's take a parallel, right? We, we, you know, we still remember the days when internet was very in, in its infant state and Google came by. Before Google, the search engine was really um, inefficient. And at, at best, you could stumble upon what you're looking for um, by chance, not with confidence. When Google came by, what they did was they basically took the search engine and transformed that that algorithm. They, look in, they looked into a lot of parameters to make sure that when you go to Google and search for something, the top three links are the best that you would ever have to look at. You never have to go beyond that. So any search algorithm should have those. So for example, with, with our smart capacity, what we did was we took into factor what are the various things that the, the matching algorithm should have whether it's lane preferences, predictive timing, accurate ma matching, removing the deadhead. These are all the obvious things that people are still calculating manually. So we took all of those factors into, into a, a complex algorithm, which is very similar to what you, know, you and I could call it as a, as a Google algorithm, right? When you search for available truck capacity and spot capacity, you get all the available truck capacity you would never have to go be down more than three or four from the top. And that's because these are the best matches. And, um, you know, I would go back to one of the, the existing problems with the, the matching algorithms nowadays. With poorly um, um, laid out market, uh, the matching algorithms, if you're calling a carrier, the carrier is not available. You are making your investing time while some other broker is actually talking to a, a right 
are available category. So thus you're always stuck behind the eight ball. So if you turn this around, if you could go directly to those that are the best matches for you quickly, it's not just saving the number of calls, but saving the time it takes overall. Now, one other cause that drives brokerages nowadays is the longer you wait to cover a loan, the cost of the transportation goes up. So if you could match a load three days, four days into future now, it reduces your cost of transportation, as opposed to if you could, if you are only matching a load that needs to be picked up tomorrow morning, uh, where you would have to pay a premium. So like you said, the, the complex algorithms are very, very important. And there comes a point where it's very difficult for humans to make these things. So we let, let the missions do what they do the best. Right. I assume, you know, the, the more, you know, the, the more carriers and the more, you know, capacity you have on the network, you know, the, the more difficult it becomes to, to do it on a spreadsheet, if you will, or do, or do it manually. You really need some of these algorithms to, to really analyze that. Now, you know, there's the, there's the carriers and the, and the drivers and a part of the network, right? That, that's the, the capacity side of the equation. What about the, the load information side? I mean, how is that being, um, you know, fed into the system? Is there integrations that are involved here with like broker systems? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, from the very nature of supply chain, right, we are not sitting in an isolation. Everybody thinks we are in an isolation, but we are not, right? There are these transportation management systems that have all the freight, and before that, there's shipper system that comes and you know, everything, right? So um, what we do is we are integrated with ATMS software, and that feeds all the available loads into our system. And in real time, these available loads are shown on a map with all the available freight that's with, within the qualified network of carriers for that particular broker and also additional carriers that expressed interest to work with this carrier, with this broker, all in one simple format. Now, this format not only just integrates with their existing TMS, but also integrates with other sources of capacity. Let's say if they have uh, spreadsheets, emails, or their own trucks on a different platform, that's also integrated into one. So it's not only providing accurate information, but aggregating that information. Great, great. So, I mean, can, can you share with us, you know, any examples of, you know, kind of freight matching and, in, 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 you know, this freight matching approach in, in practice? I mean, what, what have been some of the results or benefits, you know, the early adopters of this have, have, have achieved so far? Um, so we, we, we um, since we launched Smart Capacity at the end of the last year, um, we have built a, a strong critical mass of both brokers and drivers. And some of the early customers that came on board, we have had um, a very good success rate with them. I could share with you some of the examples here. Um, so one in particular, we have done a case study is with Triple uh, Transport. And um, what they have done is when they came on board, they have primary goals to achieve. The first goal is they want to proactively start matching loads, not just for today and tomorrow, but into the future, three days into the future. Um, and then the second goal that they wanted to achieve is move some of their one-off carriers or one-load wonders into irregular carriers. That's the second thing that they wanted to do. The third one that they want to do is identify regions where they have more capacity and not enough freight. Um, and then finally, um, add 
uh, find more capacity in addition to what they had. So I'll go through each one of these cases. The first part, so when they came on board, they were able to identify capacity, available truck capacity, days in advance, and cut the clothes and move those, uh, move that freight. Um, this pretty much reduces the stress, the cost of the brokerage, just that point alone. Now, the second thing that they were able to do is identify all these carriers that they are um, unable to reconnect with or the one load wonders and started moving them into repeat business from them. And this has been, all these points, by the way, are not just with one, one customer. These are very consistent with almost all our customers. Um, the third one is when you have real-time visibility of all the capacity that you can access, you, that gives you the power to see which areas you don't have enough freight. And so in, in, in one particular example with a customer, they are able to secure freight more than a week in advance if they don't have, um, sorry, secure capacity week in advance and where they don't have freight and go to a shipper to identify to get freight and put it on that freight, on that uh, truck. So this is where you're gaining new business, not just moving your business um, efficiently. And um, again, um, have putting the first pieces first, such as having that app with all the owner operators and small carriers under one platform, helps us bring additional truck capacity to all these customers. You know, I love that example of, you know, being able to see where you've got, you know, access to capacity, but perhaps not, not enough loads. I mean, and create really new business opportunities to then be able to go in advance to shippers that you have relationships with and say, hey, you know, we've got some, uh, you know, some capacity here and, uh, uh, you know, be able to, you know, uplift, you know, the, the revenue side of the equation there. So that's something I hadn't, you know, thought about. Uh, you know, we, we're running you know short on time here, so I, I just got a couple of uh, quick questions here. I mean, I mean, what's what's next when it comes to you know enabling you know uh, you know smarter approaches to you know freight matching? I mean, what what are some capabilities that are on the horizon? Um, we're just starting off now. Uh, in my opinion, I think this is the you can call it a perfect storm for innovation. Um, we've just started transforming this industry. Um, so if you look at just the Right, um, because brokers are our primary customers. That's where we focus. Um, while they add a lot of value, um, most of the brokers, the cost of tra transaction is over hundred fifty dollars per lot. That's a pretty high cost, and a, a majority of that is going in the freight matching and covering the freight. But also, there are a lot of things, steps that could be automated in that process whether it's back office um, or whole complete transaction. Um, so th there are many areas where we can improve. The second thing is, um, as I mentioned earlier with some of our customers, we are transforming the supply chain by not looking at today and tomorrow, but looking a week into the future. Now, this opens up opportunities such as you, we could eventually go to a particular shipper and tell, or I mean a broker who would, who could go to their shipper and say, instead of moving your freight today, if you move it tomorrow, you could reduce the cost of operations. So um, that will start 
really impacting the supply chain because now we are moving pieces that are um, significantly going to reduce the cost. Um, I think uh, the, the precursor for that is coming through, I would still use the example of Amazon. When you go and buy something on Amazon, they'll tell you if you don't need it to be shipped tomorrow, if you could wait for four days, we could give you some credits. So they are also pushing the customer to start saying, what you need right now, let's pay high, high dollar value. What you don't need, let's move it down. So we are a little, kind of adjusting the cost of supply chain, thus reducing the cost of supply chain. And that's that's the, the beginning of it. Now, on the driver side, there is a lot of value we still haven't touched. Um, we started improving the business for small carriers. And with every new technology innovation that comes by, um, we are leveling the field for a little guy with a big corporation. And over a period of time, um, leveling starts taking very closer uh, uh, matching so the, the, the future is is really bright yeah no, that's, that, that's great I mean I think uh, you know from my from my perspective uh, I think when you combine you know we, we talked about data right and having that you know, real-time more accurate data and visibility to that data and when you couple that with you know for visibility and predictive visibility I think that, you know some of the examples you gave there you know kind of shows that uh, it opens the door to a lot of uh, new ways to improve you know, the, the way that the different stakeholders, shippers, carriers, brokers, drivers, you know, all operate in this environment. Um, you know, Prasad, uh, just to, as a way to wrap up, I mean, if I'm a, a you know, a, a broker or a 3PL, I mean, what questions, you know, should, should I ask, you know, myself to assess whether my current approach to freight matching is, uh, you know, as smart and efficient as possible? Um, uh, that's that's a good way to I think uh, think about right. If I'm a broker today, the biggest question I should ask myself is: Am I doing enough to really improve efficiency in my operations? Because the the forces are very tight. Like you like you mentioned earlier, there is a huge capacity crunch, and the cost of transportation is increasing, but the top line, the revenue that we get from transportation is not going, is not increasing at the same pace. So our margins are going to shrink as a broker. So efficiency is the key word here. But in order to get the efficiency, am I using the right levers? So am I asking my, my people to make, instead of 150 calls, 200 calls a day? Or am I transforming that by using more accurate data? not fight with a lot of stale data, right? Um, that will transform, that will leapfrog other other brokers, right? The, the second thing is, um, I'll go back to that one load wonders. Am I putting more blood to fight hemorrhage or am I really addressing that problem, right? The, that, that's a critical thing. Um, we'll always have that natural tendency tendencies to lean to let's do what we do a little better versus let's transform into a next level. Right? Um, I think the time is right for most of the brokers today. If I'm a broker today, I want to take a chance on let's transform my processes, not just try to do a little better um, because there is a glass ceiling on that little better. Then the third and most important thing is um, 
growth is is the essence. Am I am I trying to keep my business at the same level as I have today, or as I am I thinking about aggressively growth? When I grow the business, that really gives me a strong footing in this space, as opposed to try to hold my ground. In order to grow, I should be free to thinking away from I I need to move my ex- 2,000 loads or 3,000 loads per month the same rate. I should be thinking about moving 10,000 loads, 20,000 loads. What would it take me to get to that level? Again, use technology as much as possible. Um, millennials has, have already started entering the marketplace. They're very comfortable with technology. And that's a very good sign when a brokerage adopts to new technology. There is less of a resistance from this group of um, uh, employees. Let them be the, the champions and in some way trailblazers for the company to, to get to that next level. Well, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great words of advice there, and, and food for thought. And you know, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, uh, Prasad, you know, uh, uh, we only managed to scratch the surface uh, of these topics, but but I think we covered a lot of ground today. You provided some great insights in terms of kind of the the challenges that you know brokers face, particularly on the efficiency side, and kind of how some of these newer technologies are helping to to address that, and, and how we're really at the early stages here of, of really seeing some some great opportunities to you know take a, a much smarter and more efficient approach to, uh, to freight matching. So Prasad, thank you for making the time to, uh, to be with us today. Thank you, Adrian. And uh, I want to thank those of you uh, that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Trucker Tools website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Prasad, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.